It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, I think it's pretty clear that Terry Fontenot is still looking for value. With the roller coaster ride that you have been on this entire season, did you really think it was going to be something different Sunday? And last but not least, and for the culture, I think Rick Ross is taking this wings thing way too far. That's all coming up next right here on ATL Day One. Let's go. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I'm going to start by saying thank you for making ATL Day 1 your first listen of the day. And remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast and wherever you download your podcast. Make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. Today's episode of ATL Day 1 is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. But T, when you think about free agency and how everything is played, I don't know, coming into the this, this free agency period, you know, it's not that great of a class altogether, but there was definitely some value there. And I think that the, the Falcons started off by proving that by signing wide receiver to uh, Matt Collins, one year, two and a half million dollars. And, you know, when you talk about those those one year deals, T, it seems like Terry Fondo said, you know what? I don't care how much money we have. We still going to try to find some value and get some find some good value in this this team as far as this wide receiver position to add to the room because we already know they already got the basketball team ready to go and they was looking to add to it. <laughs> right. And I think that when you look at this position, not that wide receiver isn't somewhat a position of need, but if you're going to spend the money that you have under the cap, you still need to spend it getting the players that are really of need, right? And right. so I, I'm still saying that you're looking across the space, whether you're looking on the offensive side or defensive side. And yeah, we still need a couple of folks in the trenches on the offensive side. And we still need some help on defense. Like that's not a finished room at all. So I think that's one thing. And then we've kind of noticed for the most part, except when you have an exceptional talent like a Drake London, or of course tight end, but Kyle Pitts, Typically speaking, you can wait until the second or even the third round and get yourself a quality receiver. So right. I feel like this is good enough. Prove it year. Hey, let's get out there. And I don't kind of know what that means for Alameda Zacchaeus. Now, you know, that, mm. that might be a challenge for him. That might be right. His walking papers. But other than that, I think that room is fine. Nice add on, if you will. Had a decent year last year with the Raiders. And um, hey, try for one year. See if it works. If it doesn't, keep it moving. If it does, credit to Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith for not breaking the bank to get someone who maybe, from a receiving perspective, turns out to be another Cordero Patterson. Yeah, and I think that you talk about a guy like Matt Hollins coming off a career year last year with the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. I almost said Oakland. I was really close. Uh, 57 (laughs) catches, 690 yards, four touchdowns. Um, second in the team in both of those categories I just mentioned. So I think one of the, the things that, you know, you have to really appreciate is the fact that they are willing to 
look at where they are, you know, and people can look at that, that receiver group. We just mm-hmm. call it that, you know, given Kyle Pitts and his status. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Kind of he fluctuates between tight end and wide receiver, depending mm-hmm. on how they, uh, Arthur Smith puts him out there on the field. Right. So I, I think that, you know, continue to add to that position. And you mentioned a name that I would like for them to bring back in Alameda as a kid. So yeah. uh, I'd be interested to see if, if if that's still on the mind of Terry Fontenot as far as bringing at least one of those guys back who were kind of looked at as a wide receiver three option or wide, even a wide receiver four option. Yeah, and when I look at him, it's interesting because I had to kind of go back and check this out because I'm like, okay, I want to make sure I've got this uh, these numbers right, okay? Mm-hmm. Because like you said, we're talking about what might happen to Alameda Zacchaeus. Or I was thinking back to this conversation that I think we had about him last summer because the question was, Arthur Smith, he has a type. And so he's yes. a big body. It's, mm-hmm. it's tall. It's big. It's got serious um, reach, if you will. So the thing about it is, hmm, Hollins fits that. He's a 6'4 yeah. wide receiver. Absolutely. Well, he's a little bit smaller, a little bit more slight in stature. So that does kind of also, you look at it from uh, Arthur Smith's perspective, and you say, well, Mike Hollins does fit the prototype a bit more. And he of the, I, I like to think about it as he of the Julio Jones school of receiving. Yeah. Yeah. He will block mm-hmm. a fool. He yeah. will hit a fool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so and I like that, that about him. Too, but... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah, so that will fit quite nicely in, in a in a run heavy run first offense to have your receivers who, you know, can get out there and help your running back to get to that second level. Yeah, and the book on Hollis is that he is, is one of the better run blocking wide receivers in the NFL. So, like, I, that's what I love about, you know, team uh, coaches and, and general managers establishing the type, their types from the get, get go. I don't have any problem with that whatsoever because you know it makes sense. You look at certain players that they sign in free agency and you say, okay, that makes sense. All right, Matt Collins, that makes sense. 6'4", 220, oh, that makes sense. Oh, he likes to block, oh, that makes sense. So all of those things kind of right. come into play when you're talking about what's going to win you games come September uh, when uh, the live bullets start flying, so to speak. But, T, speaking of, we are really getting a little close to some live yeah. balls to start flying in, in spring training as far as with the, the Braves and the uh, Braves baseball, so to speak. So, yeah. Here's one thing that I thought you was kind of, it was very interesting that you uh, brought this up last week as far as Marcelo Zuna and hey this dude's starting to do a little something now now he recently just hit a three run home run just the other day uh, at, at the plate and when you look at what the Braves need from him and I think that they need to find some type of value that, I think that's a buzzword for the day yeah. uh, as far as especially when you have 32 and a half million dollars left on that for 116 this year and 16.2 yes. and next year uh, in 2024 so when you think about the Braves coming into this spring training saying hey we got this dude got to get his th- th- thoughts and uh, act together as far as at the plate mm-hmm. when you start to see him start to do that T, what do you think that means for Alex Anthopoulos and Brian Snicker as far as where he fits in this lineup once the uh, season gets started? Yeah, I think he's making the case to make the 40-man roster. And I think if you would ask all of us a few weeks ago, we'd say, heck no, because we know all of the off-field issues and on the field wasn't enough last season to mask that. Because we always say winning cures everything. Well, he wasn't winning in left Mm -hmm. field last year. So, But maybe the old 
Marcelo Zuna is finally back. I feel like Alex Anthopoulos may allow him to be on that 40-man roster. And let's see. Let's see if he's really back. But I don't think that means that Orlando RC is going anywhere either. It may be one of those kind of platooning situations. For all we know, that's what's going to be interesting to me as well, because you do have a decision to make, especially when you're looking over at shortstop and even still trying to figure that out, because that goes back and forth uh, with uh, Jer- uh, what is it? Shoemake versus yeah, yeah Shoemake versus Grissom. Shoemake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shoemake. So, yeah, yeah. There you go. Sorry. So yeah. Shoemake versus um, Grissom. That's an interesting and intriguing situation that the Braves have there as well. So there may be some spots. We obviously know when it comes to Sean Murphy and Travis Darno that that's going to be a platooning. Yes. But I suspect mm-hmm. there may be some platooning elsewhere until some, for lack of a better term, cream rises to the top. Yeah, I, I think this is it's going to get really interesting because they have a lot of guys that they can throw throw out there in their left field spot, and I think we can kind of um, make sure. I think we kind of it's safe to say that more than likely he won't be playing out in their left field spot, and I think ideally yeah. Snicker and Anthopoulos would like to place him in that DH spot, DH spot and yeah. kind of rotate with Travis Darno, like you mentioned, with that uh, rotation that's going to be happening at the catcher spot as well, because you want to keep Travis Darno's bat based off of what he's been able to give you in yes. these past few years since he's been on this on this roster. So mm-hmm. I think that the having the option and the flexibility to be able to um, throw Marcelo Zuna in there from time to time and, and knowing what to expect from him, I think that's the u- ultimate goal because, like you said, you're making all this doggone money. Either you got to show value so we can trade you or right. you got to give us a little something when we do decide to put you out there. And – um. Speaking of talking about putting them out there, how about this? Max Free T mowing folks down. <laughs> uh, the twins, uh, if I can get specific right there. How about this? Like opening day starter. Like how excited are you about Max Free? Because I feel like when I was just looking at paying attention to, you know, what, what he's been doing in spring training and everything, it just looked like this dude is Cy Young ready this year. Oh, yeah. Mad Max continues to be Mad Max. Like he went six and a third innings and I looked through all these spring training games and that by far is the longest any of the pitchers have have stayed in the game, right? So six and a third innings and you didn't allow one earned run. You struck out what, five batters? I mean, that's crazy. I think he maybe walked one. Like just, it's tremendous, it's tremendous. Like I don't even think there's a question. Can we just go ahead and call the man the ace and keep it moving? Like, oh, yeah, yeah no, he's that guy. Although before, yeah. we're excited about Kyle Wright coming back. He'll get his first start of spring training today when the Braves take on the Rays. But ultimately, Max Fried is your one. Max Fried is your ace. Yeah, and I wish we were talking. It's one of those things where it's like, can we normalize talking about Max Fried again? Because we've been having so much conversation about the fit spot in the rotation. Yes. We've been going back and forth. Is it Jared Schuster? Is it Dylan Dodd? Especially after, of course, Ian Anderson was optioned out to triple a last week but guess what and uh bryce elder right bryce uh, elder, to triple yep. a mm-hmm. last week but mm-hmm. i think one of those kind of low-key stories just like the marcel ozuna story where he's low-key having a good spring training is max free who we don't yeah. talk about enough max yeah. An embarrassment of riches is, yes. I think, is the word we can use because, like, yeah, we're so locked in on the fifth starter. What's Michael Soroka gonna do? What's Kyle Wright shoulder gonna do? He's gonna get his first, supposed to be in his first action today, which is a good sign. And then Michael Soroka's on Wednesday. He's gonna get, get some, gonna start, get his first start in spring training, and for first time in quite some time. So, it'd be looking forward to those guys getting everything going. But like you said, 
Max Free is the guy. He's going to be that opening day starter, and he is very much showing and proving, like, hey, I'm the dude. Y'all can talk about that fifth guy you all you want to, but, hey, I'm the number one, I'm the ace, and I'm going to keep this thing going, keep the party going. If you want to keep the party going as far as was March, have you been t- paying attention to the tournament? How about this? How about you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on? That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. It is the number one sports book in America. Now, guess what? Not only am I telling you to go there, I'm going to tell you to go there for a reason. Because for new customers, they have the no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first best doesn't win. So if you lose your shorts, you've been betting on John Collins, you know, playing some defense, you know, in, in the arena, you know, and he hasn't been doing that. Or he's trying to hit those threes he's been hitting lately. Hey, he might be a guy you might need to check out. So all you got to do is just download the app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. So, Make sure, make sure that you take advantage of what FanDuel has going on. Like I said, they have the money lines, the spreads, and the total as well. So all the stuff that you find at your normal sports betting apps, you can find it at the number one sports book in America. So don't miss your chance to get the no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Now, the one thing you don't want to bet on is the Hawks because we just <laughs> don't know, people. We just don't know if the Hawks are going to hawk. <laughs> Oh, we don't know if they're going to show the best example of themselves. So you guys know that we love to tell you about the good, the bad, and the ugly. When the situation arises, and Jarvis, I would say what we saw in San Antonio on Sunday is a situation that rises to the occasion of talking good, bad, and ugly. But in all fairness, we will start out with the good. We'll go ahead and be what ATL Day 1s is. We're we're a positive, optimistic camp over here. So yeah, Hawks beat the Warriors Friday night. Solid win. What was the best thing you saw in it? What was the good that you saw in Friday? Or if you happen to see any good on Sunday, Jarvis, you can roll with that too. Oh, no, it was nothing good about Sunday, so I just thought it was Friday. The fact that Trey Young, we talked about this going into this game on, on Friday as well, about how Trey's steals have gone up like in a, in a nice at a nice tick but for him to be able to get that steal 
at the end of the game, uh, towards the end of the game in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's some, that kind of says something that's about him being locked in and being committed to, you know, this new regime and, and, and saying, hey, I'm going to step my game up. I'm going to prove that, hey, I want to take this thing to another level. So, yeah, I think the good thing for me was definitely seeing Trey Young out there playing some good defense. And, you know, I got to give the man the credit when the credit's due. You know, John Collins in the first quarter where he had, like, I think I texted you, where he was like 17 yeah. points in the first right. quarter and there's still like two or three minutes left in the, in the in that quarter. So I think that – and then they came – and then Golden State came out to – got out to a really, really hot start as well. So mm-hmm. for them to sustain and, hey, and weather the storm, so to speak, and be able to come back like that, I think that was, that was definitely two things that just really stood out to me off the bat. Yeah, and I'll give you that. I think that I would co-sign on that. And we also talked about the fact that, hey, you don't have Draymond Green in the game. You don't have Kevon Looney. So go ahead and take advantage of what you can get inside. I felt like they did a solid job of that as well. So, yeah, we'll give them good for that. Now the band. After the Golden State game, John Collins was being interviewed on the court. And JC took it upon himself to call out the crowd for being out cheered by Warriors fans who were in the building. Who made JC do that, Jarvis? I don't know. Like, here's here's the thing when it comes to John Collins, right? I know I'll take credit for, you know, being a little harsh on the man. But here's – this is why I'm harsh on him. Because the man is willing to – when somebody put a microphone in front of his face, he is so willing to talk every time. And my whole thing about that is, and people, you know, and I got some comments, you know, uh, when I tweeted that out when I was in the arena on, on Friday, people were like, oh, yeah, he's the leader. He deserves, he, he should be saying, no, he doesn't. Like, because yeah. at the end of the day, like, you lost the lead in that game too. Yes, <laughs> like, did. And we're, we're used to seeing that. And, yeah. and guess what has changed with this new regime, mm-hmm. with this new organization, and Steve Coonan and the likes of those people out here making these certain decisions to where teams are, I mean, uh, this uh, Atlanta folks are coming down to arena. They are coming down to State Farm. Mm-hmm. Like, I was talking to a season ticket holder Friday night, T, saying that it was 700 people in line waiting for season tickets, waiting for those people not to renew. Now, you know, that may have been a sales pitch, you know, but, but the fact that you're able at least to able to say – 700 people are in line waiting for season tickets. That says a lot about what this this city loves about this team. Mm-hmm. And guess why they love him? Because you have a superstar in Trey Young. And now, now back to John. John, dude, like people who are willing to say certain things that need to be said, they're consistent. They have the play that goes along with that. And for you to get up here and sit up here on your high horse and grab that microphone like you cutting a WWE promo, talking about all y'all fans and ATL, it don't make no sense, out cheering, all, using all these buzzwords, right? Like, I don't appreciate that. When I heard it, because I was sitting right there in the arena, most of the media had gone on down to the uh, press conference, post-game press conference room, and I'm sitting up here like, what are you talking about? Because you're so inconsistent. Yeah. So why would I consistently out try to out-cheer super-duper NBA fans who come into the arena all the time? This happens all the time, dude. Like, But the, the difference is is the fact that people are in the arena. There yeah. are sellout crowds. And for you not to acknowledge that 
and then say that hey, you being out cheered and you know support and all that stuff. We ain't gonna support no inconsistent, bro. Right. And Good. the Warriors fans were literally just strategic. They are the same as the Heat fans because they are to me they're same the, as the Knicks fans, the Bulls fans. fans. Like, exactly. Come like, on. Those are just going to be bases that are going to be strategic. So you can't get mad at that base because that base. The minute the calendar, the, the schedule comes out, that base goes and buys those tickets. That's just Absolutely. the reality. However, to your point, Jarvis, what John Collins should be more concerned about is the fact that the Hawks faithful who come out, let's say the arena fits, I don't know, 18, 21,000 people, and 70% of that is Hawks, you've got to give them something to come out for. Like we're still 35 and 36, Jarvis is 71, right? So mm -hmm. that means they've got 11 games left to try to scrap, scrimp, and scrape their way out of the play-in. Yeah. Why are we having that conversation with 10 to with 11 games left? With 11 games left, that inconsistency, the fact that a lot of people couldn't believe what they saw yesterday, but then could believe it at the same time, that's the problem with what you said, John. If the product, like you said, was consistent, you have hey, a point. Yeah, people would be yeah, people would be in there like out at least out cheering the Warriors fans. They already outnumber them. You right. just wouldn't know sometimes when those fan bases come into the building. But you got to give them something consistent to work with because listen, what they're thinking about ahead of tomorrow's game against the Pistons, they've already forgotten what you did with the Warriors. Yeah. They're looking at what you, the ugly, the good, the bad. Now, the ugly of what you did in San Antonio is resonating on, with people. Man. So they're looking at themselves no differently than we're looking at ourselves and saying, how? How did the Hawks blow a 24-point 20 lead that ended up being essentially a 32-point swing to the Spurs? Yeah. Score 83 points. 83 in the first half. And yet, here we are, 24 hours later, talking about it, Al. Ugly. Yeah, super ugly. And, and, and the, the irony in that to come right after you, you know, you, you make your comments, like, it just speaks to the type of season this, this has been. Yes. Like, yes. from the, the reports about the Trey and doggone Nate beefing and, and then uh, Nick, Nick Wrestler, Tony Wrestler's son out here running things from behind the scenes and and Landry Fields being a first-time GM and hiring his homeboy to be a, a, a scout. They used to be a beat writer over on the West Coast. Like, all of this stuff is just crap. It's just a whole bunch of crap that just comes to the forefront every time he opens his mouth about something or says something or, or somebody trying to get a story. He, he, him being the first one to raise his hand saying, hey, right. I'm willing to speak. Talk to me. Yeah. So, yeah, it just, it just, it just right. stinks. And it's straight booty, T. At the end of the day, it's booty. And they, they play like booty as soon as he opened his mouth. Yeah, it just, I mean, it's so very frustrating. And then you think about how the Spurs dug their way back into it. Technically, you should be responsible for helping on the perimeter. Because yeah. Click Capella was fine inside, right? 12 right. rebounds, 15 points, solid night for him. A block. He doesn't need any help on the interior. Typical, yeah. What he needs is for you to go to the outside when you see Calvin Johnson and Devin Vassell starting to hit threes at a clip of 67. Who? There it is. At a clip of 67%. <laughs> 
the whole the Spurs squad in the third quarter, Jarvis, shot 67% from three. At what point do you not say we kind of better shore up the perimeter and like oh really, God. really get in their faces and contest shots? Because regardless of if they come back and beat us, that's just what you're supposed to do, whether you're the second unit in there or whether you're the first unit that's thrown back in there because they're starting to make a run at you. The only, almost the only way that somebody scores 67% is that they are getting free and open looks. But here's the thing too, Jarvis, real talk, mid-range was a problem as well. 66% in the third quarter for mid-range. So when I see that, we already know that there's a perimeter problem, right, Jarvis? We already know perimeter is an issue. But when I see 66% from the field, that's a want to. That's an effort issue. And that is what is most frustrating when we start looking at those underlying numbers and seeing how you got from a 24-point lead to an eight-point loss. Yeah, it, it's it stinks. And only scored 30, and, and not even not only defensively, but T, they only scored 35 points 35 in the points. entirety and, of right. the second half. Right. You scored <laughs> 20 and then had the audacity to follow that up with 15? <laughs> No, in the sir, fourth no quarter, in one the of the fourth. worst teams in the fourth, fourth yes. quarter in scoring, by the way. Let's right. go ahead and say that. So, And it makes sense because, like, no lead is safe with this team. No lead. Like, no yeah. lead is safe with this team. Yeah. Nobody can be comfortable in the fourth quarter when the, uh, the Hawks have a, a lead going into the fourth quarter. Nobody. Nobody. No. Even the, even the players. Right. <laughs> even the players like, oh, you on that other team, about however. This one. <laughs> yeah, and once you start giving players confidence and they feel like they're in their rhythm, I mean, they're going to start heat checking. And if they yep. start heaving them up and heat checking and the heat checks go in, oh, it's it's over. It's all but yeah, problem. what we saw yesterday was absolutely ugly. So we know what you have to do. We know you got to get a bill for it. We know absolutely. you do because it's, yes. it's painful for you. And you probably got to get one because your bracket is busted, right? So March Madness, man, the brackets are here, but <laughs> so many people's brackets have been busted. And, you know, sometimes you just need your favorite bar, your favorite puff to make it okay. So you can go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. And it's kind of cool because, hey, at least you'll get you'll have something to say that does not make you have to worry about a team, right? Mm-hmm. And whether or not they win or bust your back bracket completely. So, you know, I'll be voting for Almond. I don't know if you guys know, but I like Almond. And the churro is kind of intriguing to me as yes, well. It's, it's so you crazy. can definitely do that. And if you want whatever team it is that you want to win, I don't have anybody in the, in the fight, Jarvis. I don't know if you still have somebody, a dog in the race. So we don't have a dog in the race. But if you <laughs> still do, then you, you'll be able to vote for that bar, too. You can support your team and support your bar buff at the same time. And don't forget, when you vote, you'll be entered into a drawing. Now, this to me is really cool. 50 lucky locked on listeners will get a free box of built. A free one? Who hates freebies? And not only that, one locked on fan, just one, will get a 12-month subscription to built to have built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. So don't forget about the good good. That's the proteins that you get the 15 grams. Don't forget about the fat that's going away, 130 grams of fat. So you're not going to be doing anything bad to yourself. Four grams of sugar, 100% real chocolate. You cannot beat it. But don't forget, go to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now, or at least after this show, to vote. Absolutely. Locked on Sports Atlanta family, we need your help. We are on our way to 6,000 subscribers. So we need you to go to YouTube. Type in that Locked On Sports Atlanta in that search box, and then we'll pop right up. All you got to do, hit that subscribe button. And if you are on the audio side listening, 
make sure you leave us a five-star review so everybody else can find out about all this goodness you've been taking in over almost over this past year now atldayones at gmail.com if you got comments or any questions about what we got going on on the show monday through friday we are free and available wherever you download your podcast but t this is for the culture. It's the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture. Sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about. Because that's just how we get down in the show. Today is no different. How about this? Uh, Rick Ross was gifted some pets. You know, what's the big deal, Jarvis? He was gifted some pet buffaloes. And his neighbor has been complaining because, you know, they've been wandering and grazing over into that person's yard. And, and the neighbor has has uh, uh, knocked on the door to try to confront the folks about it. And Rick Ross people, you know, push back, obviously, for some odd reason. Like, hey, you're going to have buffaloes roaming around on your doggone yard. You probably need to keep them there or build a fence. So, you know, hey, they, want to, they won't get out. But, but yeah, T, I think overall, I understand this man, the wing king, you know, and wing stops, you know, he owned multiple wing stops. But I think owning buffalo, you know, as a as a point of pride, I think that might be a little bit too much to you. Yeah, I think so too. And I mean, what is this? Like, it made me think about that song. Oh, give me a home where the buffalo roam. Home on the range. What is this? I mean, are, are we there or are we in Fayetteville? I mean, where are we here? Because if we're in Fayetteville, Come on. Come on, then man. you and your buffalo got to go. And no, Rick Ross, you can't tell your neighbors, hey, maybe you can just feed them carrots. Who's going to get that close to a 2,000-pound monstrosity to say, mm-hmm. here, Leo, here, Sparky? Yeah. It's, Come on. It's, not a, it's not a dog. It's, it's a buffalo. So, no, yeah. I'm not feeding the buffalo carrots. I just really want the buffalo to go away. If I'm your neighbor. If I'm your neighbor, I, yeah, we're, we're doing too much. But once again, I will say this. Rick Ross is winning because guess what? We're talking about him, which means we're going to be talking about his wings and the end. He yeah, wins absolutely. again. <laughs> I love talking about wings on this show. Y'all know how we, I get down when it comes to wings. Like, no doubt about it. Now, now T, uh, I got to talk about this before we get ready to get out of here. So, you know, my wife and I, you know, we got some youngins. So, we got invited out to a, a, a birthday party at this place called Urban Air. So, it's a little trampoline park, real cool. Mm-hmm. Got a nice little setup yep. and everything. So, we went there on a, on a Saturday, which mm-hmm. was probably the first mistake. And uh, <laughs> so... The wife and I, you know, uh, on two separate occasions, uh, got into it with some kids. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I almost threatened to pull out my belt. And my wife, you know, she threw her hands and I almost bucked on, like, what you want to do, like, type situation. And the kid was no. only nine years old, T. Like, <laughs> so, you know, I got my wife out here about to doggone buck on a nine-year-old. I'm out here about to take off my belt because, you know, this little white, not, excuse me, uh, this little person doggone sassing me about, you know, running up on my, on my youngest daughter. You know what I'm saying? I was like, hey, man, y'all need to back up. And he up here coming up on me talking about, uh, you know, do you work here? I was like, no, that's my daughter right there. And then <laughs> look at he was with his grandparents. So his grandparents were like, going on up them steps, boy. I was like, yeah, you better tell him going up them doggone steps because I'm a guy, I got a bell on and I'll doggone come across his doggone head with this doggone thing. But T, like, help me out here because, like, oh no, you know, well, we, did we take it a little bit too far? Like, I think I may have, have the answer, but, you know. Just, just <laughs> you know, just, just walk away. Just, you know, just walk away, you know. Because the thing of it is, with the stare oh, down that you and Tanae can give anybody, 
Like those kids would have just been, yeah. So yeah, they would have been gotten all the way together by just yeah. a stare down from the Davises. But I do understand oh, because you have a two-year-old and a six-year-old and, you know, nine, that's a big gap, right? Yeah. So you are definitely, it, it makes you as a parent a little bit nervous because you don't want your kid to be intimidated or not enjoy what you paid for them to come go there and enjoy. But yeah, you know, next time just give them that stare down. Yeah, so, you know. <laughs> Kids these like, days though, they will try you. They will yeah. try you. And I'm like, man, don't you be sass mouthing me? What's wrong with you, little boy? Anyway, yeah. Yeah, well, thank, thank you, T, for uh, for that, that quick uh, session there. I appreciate you. <laughs> uh, I also want to thank you guys for making ATL Day 1 your first listen today. Why don't you stop by Locked On Sports today and make them your second listen of the day. Yeah, free and available wherever on YouTube and wherever you find your podcast. Now, if, 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 if this message doesn't fit <laughs> it, me more than yeah, any other day, day. <laughs> so yes Jarvis I'm talking to you today yes I'm talking to myself on this show <laughs> make sure that you share love show love and most importantly spread love <laughs>